Amen. Good morning, everybody. You can be seated. Thanks for coming today uh, to worship with us. Hello to everybody dialed in online. Uh, Suzette and I were out of town last weekend. We were connecting with a great group of guys full of big faith, full of big vision. Uh, Missions.me is the name of their organization. And uh, we've gone on a couple of trips with them uh, to Peru, to L.A., and now they're uh, planning to invade Houston, Texas, and they're going after some of the major cities in the U.S., and we spent some time with them, just hearing them cast vision, partnering with them. How many of you know partnerships are the way to go? Uh, other people have gifts and talents that you may not have, but God teams you together. And, and that's the beauty of being part of a local church is that not everybody has all the same gifts, but we can put our gifts together and great things can happen. So just to let you know that we, uh, we support these guys financially. We send teams. Uh, we're going to support them in their work into Houston and uh, just love being part of the, the big picture of the body of Christ. So uh, we're glad to be back in town today. We did go down to Naples, Florida for that meeting. The weather was far superior there than it was here. And when we drove back, it was freezing again. Thank you so much, Western North Carolina. Hey, uh, talking for a few weeks about the concept of baptized. Everybody say baptized. Uh, Hebrews 6, verse 1, let me just lay the foundation for this again. But uh, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, the faith toward God of the doctrine of baptism. And that's what we're taking some time to talk about, the doctrine of baptisms, the teaching of the Bible in uh, relation to baptism. There's four different baptisms that are mentioned in the New Testament. There's water baptism. There's baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism of fire. And there's being baptized into the body of Christ. And baptism is, I think this is a powerful concept to get a hold of. Baptism is a transposed, not a translated word, but a transposed word from the, from the original Greek language. Just baptismos uh, is the Greek word. And it literally means immersion. And so the big idea is that whatever you do in life, it works best when you go all in. When you get immersed, no matter what you're doing, work, family, marriage, church, walk with God, whatever, learning a skill, uh, developing a hobby, it just goes better when you immerse. Whenever, whatever you do, go all in. Come on. If we're going to worship in church, let's just go all in. Amen. Thank you for seven of you that uh, are all in. Uh, so uh, talked a little bit, uh, starting off talking about being baptized into the body of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12.13 says, By we were all baptized, immersed into one body. And that's what 
God wants us to do. Uh, real Christianity is always going to have a component of being connected to God's people, of being part of the body of Christ. And so uh, I do think what we face now, I believe in American Western culture is uh, there are a lot of people that they may attend church on occasion, but they've not ever let the Holy Spirit baptize them into the body of Christ, where they're just immersed in what's going on in their church family. Today, I want to take a few moments and I want to talk about water baptism for a few minutes, water baptism. Uh, here's a couple scriptures to get us going. Romans 6, verse 3 says, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him. That's the old man is buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. There's a, uh, there's a powerful idea that's throughout the New Testament that we identify with Jesus and we really uh, find our life as a believer and find our life uh, on earth and even into eternity by being identified with Jesus. What he went through, he went to the cross, bore our sin. Uh, he took stripes upon himself to, bore, uh, to bear our sickness. And so the Bible is talking about this idea that when we become baptized, it's more than just going under the water and coming up in kind of a symbolic thing. If you put your faith into the Word of God, uh, there's a powerful spiritual transaction that takes place. Baptism is a powerful event in the life of a believer. And in water baptism, we are literally closing the door on the past and we are opening the door to the future. Anybody need to close the door to the past? Anybody want to open the door to the future? And it all boils down to, it comes down to the power of a decision. It takes a decision to connect with the power of God. Uh, at the end of every service here, we'll always give people an opportunity to open their hearts to receive Jesus as the Lord of their life or to come back to Jesus and give their life to him again. It's a decision that you make. The power of God is available, but a decision is what connects you to the power of God. One of your greatest God-given abilities is your power to choose. It's your power to decide, to be able to, be able to make a decision. Uh, if you're like us, you probably have a conversation after church that'll go, hey, where do you want to go to lunch? 
and uh, they'll, Suzette will say, or my girls will say, wherever we're going, it's up to you. So I'm going to name a Mexican restaurant. Uh, I'm, I'm just going right there. Uh, but often I'll get, no, not there. So then I'll name another Mexican restaurant. <laughs> no, not there. <laughs> and uh, finally, I just go, look, it's, it's your choice. Tell me where you want to go. You decide. Somebody say, you decide. You decide. The Bible talks a lot about the power of choosing, the power of deciding. Deuteronomy 30 uh, verse 15 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It says, see, I've set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but you're drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. So verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose. Somebody say choose. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. This is a, always a compelling piece of scripture to me, uh, and it speaks to my heart. God says, you choose what kind of life you want to live. You choose. I'm setting before you, choose life or choose death. Choose prosperity or choose adversity. Choose blessing or choose curse. The power to choose is in your hands. You have the power to choose. You can choose a life of uh, life and prosperity and blessing. Doesn't mean you won't encounter any difficulties, but that's the life you can choose. Or you can choose a life of death, adversity, and curse. It's your choice, is what the Bible says. Joshua 24, verse 15 says, if it's disagreeable in your sight, and Joshua's talking to the whole nation of Israel, if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose. Everybody say choose. Choose for yourselves today whom you'll serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living. But as for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on. And it's a decision you have to make. 
people around you might not be making the same decision, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, some of the people that are in your family may not make that decision, but it's your power to choose no matter what anybody else says, no matter what, what the news says, what social media says, what people are saying, doesn't matter, you choose. Decisions are powerful. But how many of you recognize decisions are not always easy? Anybody struggle with decisions? Come on, be honest in church, right? To decide literally means to cut off other choices. And I think what happens for a lot of people is they want to keep a lot of options open. That just in case, they don't want to commit to a church, so they're going to go to a bunch of different churches. They, they don't want to commit to their marriage fully. They're just going to see how it goes. They don't want to commit to a, a job because maybe it might not work out. And the truth is, we're really hurting ourselves when we can't learn the power of making a decision. If we just got this just in case, I got to keep a couple of doors, a couple of options open. You know, there is tremendous power in learning to say no to certain things. No is your friend, right? You don't even need to explain. <laughs> no. Hey, you want to come with me today to this place? No. Amen. No, I don't. I don't want to do that, right? So, but your no to some things can open up a fantastic yes to a lot of greater things. October 17th, 1981. It was a long time ago. I closed the door to intimacy with any other person but Suzette for my entire life. I made a choice. I made a decision, she made a choice, she made a decision, and we have stuck with that decision. Matter of fact, we also made this decision together that we would never use the word divorce in our household. We, we wouldn't say the word, we wouldn't joke about it, we wouldn't use it as leverage for anything. We removed all the options and said, you know what, I'm stuck with you, you're stuck with me. We're going to figure it out and make it work. We're just going to figure it out. Because believe me, if you move on to something else, that person's got probably more problems than you could imagine. On September 1st, 1989, we had all our stuff packed into a little bitty U-Haul, and we drove into Asheville to start the Rock Church. We cut off all the other options for ministry, for career, for decision, and we said, we're choosing a direction, we're going all in. And I'm just, I'm not asking you to applaud us, I'm just telling you decisions are a powerful thing. Trying to keep your options open for a bunch of different things is not your friend. Decisions can change 
the direction of your life. A decision changes direction. I love Jim Rohn's quote on this. He says, you cannot change the destination of your life overnight, but you can change the direction of your life overnight. A decision can change your life. You can make a financial decision and it could change your life. You can make a financial decision that you're going to honor God with your first and best, your tithe, and you make a decision. You might think, I can't even afford to do that. It's a decision. If, if one of your babies was sick, you'd make a decision and figure out a way to get that baby well. You can make a financial decision to say, I'm going to put 10% into the kingdom of God, 10% into a savings account, live on 80%, and you live that way, make that decision. At first, it may not seem like it's doing a whole lot of good for you, but I can just tell you from my own experience, it can turn into a pretty fantastic thing if you make that decision to go in that direction. At first, it seems like it doesn't matter that much, but it starts to add up over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You can make a decision about your health. You could decide to stop drinking Diet Coke. You could, <laughs> you could decide to stop eating junk food, fast food. Dang. Somebody says, when is this message going to be over? I'm not, I'm not enjoying this at all. It's a decision. You can make decisions about relationships. You can make decisions about your career. You can make decisions about your spiritual life. That's going to set you on a path. I, you know, I made a decision long time ago. I was going to read my Bible all the time. I, don't, I haven't been perfect to read it every day, but almost every day. For almost 50 years, I've read my Bible almost every day. And, and it's made a difference for my life. I made a decision. I was going to have a prayer life. Didn't always feel like it. Didn't always enjoy it. Didn't always get goosebumps out of it. But spiritually, made a, I made a decision. I was going to love the house of God and stick with it no matter how many stupid people showed up. That's none of you. No, don't worry. No, that's none of you. But that's, well, second service, there'll be a few people. I'll be feeling the heat of that. Acts chapter 8 is a baptism story that I want to look at. Verse 26, later God's angel spoke to Philip at noon today. I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. He got up and went. He met an Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. The eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, was returning to Ethiopia, where he was minister in charge of all the finances of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was riding in a chariot and reading the prophet Isaiah. Come on, you just open yourself up for God things when you just say, I'm just going to read my Bible. You can read Isaiah. The spirit told Philip, climb into that chariot, Running up alongside him, Philip heard the eunuch reading Isaiah, said, do you understand what you're reading? He answered and said, how can I without some help? And he invited Philip into the chariot with him. You know, you will learn and can learn 
a lot of things, reading your Bible yourself. But I mean, you know, there are people that are anointed to teach and impart wisdom from the Word of God that it's all the more reason to be in church on a regular basis. We get assaulted with ideas that are completely ungodly all week long. So here is Philip showing up saying, do you get it? He says, I, I don't know if I've got it or not. Verse 32, the passage he was reading was this. As a sheep led to slaughter, quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked. He was put down. He never got a fair trial. Who, but who now can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? The eunuch said, tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or some other? Philip grabbed his chance. Using this passage as his text, he preached Jesus to him. As they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water. The eunuch said, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the chariot to stop. They both went down to the water. Philip baptized them on the spot. Wow. What, what an incredible story. The eunuch says, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? He made a decision. He, he heard a message and made a decision. What a great decision to make. What a great way to seize a divine opportunity. You know, I don't say this a lot, but I know it's true. Some people will have an opportunity that God opens the door for them to make a decision, to follow Jesus or, or to be water baptized. And, and they'll often go, I'll, I'll just, I'll wait till next time. And he chose that moment to go for it. He said, look, there's the door to my future. Why don't I step into it? Look, there's a way to close the door on my past. Why not close that door? We're, we're going to be baptizing people next Sunday. And I just want to say to you, next Sunday could be the beginning of a brand new chapter for you. You could make a decision. You could make a decision today to give your life to Christ. You can make a decision today to decide to get baptized you could literally change the trajectory of your life with a decision today. A new day, a new chapter is going to start with forgiveness. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, at the beginning of the new year, I often make some kind of resolution. I don't like to call it a resolution anymore because I don't do well with them. I don't know if you've started, I mean, if you have started with a New Year's resolution and now you're not keeping up with it. Okay. Some of you are just like, yeah, I didn't even make a resolution. Sometimes people think choosing Jesus means I'm going to try to do better now. But... The gospel is God releases us 
from our past to free us into our future. It's not about making a decision to do better. It is about making a decision to head into a new direction. It's about understanding the power of forgiveness to release you from your past. You're not going to be able to make it up. You can't put toothpaste back in the tube. But it's also about the power of forgiveness to release you into your future. Things start to change when you decide, I'm going to go in a new direction with my life. I may not have it all figured out. I may not have my act all together. I may not have it all in my head. But I can choose a direction for my life. On May 29th, 1974, I had a very powerful experience, and I decided to start following Jesus. I didn't understand church. I didn't understand Christianity. I didn't understand most of the messages that I was hearing at church, to be honest. Our music was terrible. The setting was terrible. And, but I made a decision. I was going to follow Jesus. Still had all kinds of junk from the past, but I got forgiven. Several months later, October 1974, I decided I'm going to go all in. I'm not just going to attend church. I'm not just going to say Jesus. I, I had a realization. I had a revelation that Jesus was my Savior, but not yet really my Lord. Yet. Water baptism is the Bible's way of us saying, I'm leaving my past behind. I'm burying my past. It's going away. I'm going to be forgiven. It can't be held up against me in the court of heaven. It's a historic day. Next Sunday could be a historic day for you. Baptism is literally a step of obedience. Matter of fact, it's such a powerful step of obedience that Jesus submitted to baptism. He made that step of obedience. Matthew 3, 13, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now because it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John said, okay, if that's what you think is the right thing to do, you're the Lord, I'm not. Uh, just an interesting Note to this that I think is important. Jesus, who obviously John knew what Jesus was about, but Jesus submitted to the authority of John's ministry before he could launch, be launched into his own ministry. And here's why I think that's so powerful, because authority in the kingdom of God is not determined by grabbing for authority. Authority in the kingdom of God is determined by 
submission. Greater submission puts us into greater authority. And Jesus submitted to a man, to John, unto the Lord. He could see God's hand was on the ministry of John the Baptist, and he submitted to God by submitting to what God was doing through John's ministry. Powerful idea. 2 Timothy 2.5 says, Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. You know, I think all of us would look at our life and, and think, there are some things I'd like to change. Maybe you don't have those in mind, but if I talk to your spouse, they could probably give me a few. And change is not easy. Decisions are not easy. And I would say God is usually way ahead of us in the change department. He's already at work trying to bring change into our lives. Typically, this is what I've found, is that God will deal with me about an area of change way ahead of the time that I actually need to make the change. In other words, God knows how much lead time we need, right? So for some of us, God needs to deal with us for a month and we're there. For some of us, God needs to deal with us for three years and we're finally there. And he's, he knows the lead time you need. He, he knows the lead time I need. What th some things can change. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, it was super easy for me to quit smoking pot, doing any kind of drugs at all, which was my entire lifestyle before I gave my life to Jesus. But it took me a couple of years to quit smoking cigarettes. Now, I don't think cigarettes will send you to hell, make it smell like you've been there, but it's not gonna, but I knew I needed to, and, and I had God dealing with me, dealing with me, dealing with me, till finally I made that decision and that change took place in my life. Now I barely smoke cigarettes. What's required for you right now is a step of obedience in the, in the direction of obedience. Obedience isn't hard. Obedience is a step into the flow of cooperating with God. Proverbs 13, 15 says, it's the way of the transgressor is what's hard. But so to move into the future that God has planned for your life, it requires steps of obedience in cooperation with what he's dealing with. It, I, I find it, it's not so much what we want to change, it's what he wants to change. Because we're, we're up for changing the cosmetic feature, but God's up for changing the character feature. 
He, he knows where uh, we are deficient. Because let me illustrate it this way. We, we all want the effects of exercise, but we don't all want to exercise, right? We all want the effects of a diet. We all want the effects of a prayer time. We all want the effects of, in other words, I, I like to have done those things. And what God is at work in your life and my life is for us to actually have a want to. I, I want to pray. I want to worship. I want to pay tithe. Uh, I, I want to do those things and obey God. And there's, there's usually a step of obedience that's waiting in front of all of us. I want to take a moment and pray with you guys. Our team's going to come and lead us in a song of worship, but I just want us to take a moment before the Lord and let's just worship God for a minute and then we're going to pray. You know, I believe that in front of all of us today is an opportunity to choose, to choose direction for our life. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if your choice needs to be, uh, I'm going to recommit to the Lord. I'm going to recommit to my marriage. I'm going to recommit to, to whatever God has called you to. Maybe there's a particular arena of your life that God has been speaking to you about that you know it's just time to make a change. You either add something, delete something, but there's a choice to be made uh, in this moment. And just like the Ethiopian eunuch had a, had a moment of divine opportunity where he said, look, there's water. Why can't I get baptized right now? Why can't I start a new direction? right now. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I want to pray together. Father, we stand before you, all of us with challenges and difficulties and issues, and uh, but we choose. We choose to follow you. We choose to worship you. We choose to obey you. We choose to go after you. And I'm praying for every person that's in this room, Father, the choice that's in front of us today. Father, Holy Spirit, we, we hear you calling us to obey. And we're making that choice today. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I just want to take a minute. Maybe you've never chosen to start following Jesus wholeheartedly. Or maybe you used to be closer to the Lord than you are today. Or maybe you feel unsure about where you really stand with God and you say, I'm, I, I want to make that choice. I know I don't have it all together, but I want to make that choice to follow after Jesus. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say yes, yes to heaven, yes to the word that's going out today. Just say yes in your life. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to come back to Jesus. I'm going to make sure I'm right with Jesus. Anybody else in this room that wants to say yes to God. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We say yes to you. Yes. No matter what you're asking for, we say yes. We choose 
life. We choose blessing. We choose prosperity. We choose Jesus. That's our choice today. I want everybody to say this prayer out loud with me. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I want you. I need you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I thank you for the cross where you've paid the price for forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning, a new season. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. And let me just speak a word of encouragement to you. If, if it's time for you to be water baptized, that's going to happen next week. It's going to be a powerful day. I uh, would encourage you to get registered out in the foyer. There's a place for that. If you want to do it online, you can do that as well. All right, on the count of three, let's shout hallelujah and be dismissed. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Have a great day.